is Psalm 32. I can see uh, three different divisions in this psalm. They're not very different, but uh, verses 1 and 2 is talking about the um, blessing from the forgiveness of sin. Verses 3 through 6 are talking about the way that our soul should feel when we have sinned and we want to repent with true repentance. And verses 7 through 11 are showing the mercy that we have if we do truly repent. Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Amen. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Amen. Verses 1 and 2. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. There is great blessing to us who have been forgiven. Yes. Thank you, Lord. The Lord has a book of remembrance. What is that book of remembrance for? Not my sins. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Sins are forgiven. They're blotted out. They're not imputed. We've been imputed with the sin of Adam, but we have also been imputed with the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has completely covered our sin. It's completely wiped away. There is nothing left. It will not be remembered. Verse 3. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. David here has a troubled soul. He has a troubled soul because he sinned and he knew that he sinned. 
And as a righteous man, your conscience, when yes. guided by the Holy Spirit, will not allow you to be satisfied with your sin. There will be coals of fire on your head. There will be tears. There will be sweat. There will be, there will be a longing in your bones for the communion with the Lord that you have lost. Yes. This is the beginning of true repentance. It's feeling that the Lord is not communing with you anymore because of your sin. Something has to be done. Repentance has to be made. The second part of true repentance is in verse 5. Yes. Acknowledging your sin. Yes. Confessing your transgressions. Not hiding your iniquity. Don't try to hide your sin from the Lord. He knows it anyway. That's right. And you will be judged for it if you try to hide it. And you won't have that communion. Verse 6 talks about the change that is made in a man when he begins to have true repentance. He will pray unto the Lord before he begins to be completely destroyed in a time when the Lord may be found. If you continue in your sin, there will come a point where he won't be found. You will be left. And if you do find repentance and forgiveness and pray when the Lord might be found. Floods of great waters. I believe this is talking about affliction. It won't come near to you because this is talking about the beginning of mercy, what happens when you actually, truly repent. Yes. But before you can get to the mercy, there is another part of repentance, one that is often overlooked and forgot about. Repentance isn't just praying and asking the Lord for forgiveness and then presuming upon that forgiveness the next time when you sin. It's making a change and not allowing it to happen again. No matter what the cost of that change might be, it might have consequences that take something dear to you away or something beneficial. But that thing is not beneficial if it is standing in the way of true repentance, forgiveness, and change. That's right. The reason that I am so almost yelling at you right now is because this is something that matters a lot to me because it's something that I need in my life. I need to make a change. I need to stop presuming upon the forgiveness of the Lord and make a change in my life. It's something that I've tried to do since I first considered that a change actually has to be made. An example is, in my life, I don't know how many of you know it, but the reason I left BMW was not because it was, didn't have benefits. It wasn't because I didn't make enough money or anything like that. It was because I was being tempted by the people that were there. They were causing me to try to leave the Lord, to try to leave this church, and to try to leave my family. And I asked the Lord's forgiveness, and I changed. Amen. And I want that kind of spirit for all of you because it's a good spirit. Right. Verse 7. 
Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord, yes. and rejoice, yes. ye righteous. Amen. And shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Amen. Repentant, true repentant sinners are comforted. The Lord will come back. The communion will be restored yes. if right. you truly repent. Amen. Forgiveness does have a requirement. It's that you actually make a change. And the Lord will come back to you and He will comfort you and He will help you through the time when you want to do it again. Verse 8 can be looked at in two different ways. It can be looked at as the Lord instructing us and teaching us and helping us on the way. Or it can be looked at as the repentant sinner who now has experience in that area can instruct and help others along that way. And a true repentant sinner should want to do that for others. That's right, yes. They have a responsibility to do that for others who need help in that area. Verse 9 says, Be not as the, the horse or as the mule. Anybody here who has had experience with them knows that they are a pain if you don't have a bit in their mouth. They can trample you over. He's telling us not to be like that, but to listen to instruction, to listen to the Holy Spirit that's telling us that we need to repent and not be hiding our sin. That's a change that we need to make if we're so stubborn that we don't listen to the Lord when He's clearly telling us what to do. Verse 10 is a comparison. If you don't have true repentance, if you don't make a change, if you continue in your sin and continue in presuming upon the forgiveness of the Lord, you will have many sorrows. Yes, right. I know, I've done it. But, there's that word, but, if you do have godly repentance, and make a change and trust in the Lord. Mercy shall compass you about. The Lord will have mercy upon you and He will comfort you and He will help you along that path. And then verse 11 tells you what the response to all of that should be. If you are truly repentant, if you have been forgiven of your sin, and if you have been able to make a change with the Lord's help, you should be glad and you should rejoice and you should tell other people about it. If you are upright in heart, you will shout for joy and be joyful yes. for the forgiveness of sin and for the um, imputing of the Lord's righteousness to us. Yes. So looking back over the entire psalm, what does this mean to us? We've been forgiven. We need yes, to continue Lord. to repent and make changes. We need to help others along that way. And we need to be joyful 
and thank the Lord for what he has done for us. Amen. Amen. Amen.